You were living your life, climbing the ladder and carving out a career for yourself. You had big plans and big ideas. And then you had a baby and everything changed. Just like that. All of it came to a screeching halt. Maybe you kept working or maybe you stayed home. Either way, your world suddenly became very small. And though you were never alone, you were always lonely. You silently asked yourself, where did I go? Who is that tired looking woman staring back at me in the mirror? Until you remembered something very important. You aren't just a mother. You are a mother plus artist, a mother plus entrepreneur, a mother plus musician, a mother plus yogi. You can have an identity outside of motherhood. My name is Stacy Hudson. I'm a mother to two under four, plus writer, certified health coach, aspiring entrepreneur, and athlete. My name is Stephanie Springer. I'm a mother to 10 and 15-year-old girls, plus writer, music therapist, producer, singer, and teacher. Here, we will interview mom bosses, entrepreneurs, artists, athletes, and passionate hobbyists and talk about how to find the thing that lights you up again. You're in there. We know it. You just have to find her again. Welcome to the Mother Plus Podcast. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Mother Plus Podcast. I have my co-host, Steph Springer, with me today. Hi, Steph. How's it going? I'm great. Hi, Stacey. We have a really fun episode, guys. This is a, this is a Stace and Steph episode, and it, its main intention is just to make you smile and remind you of all the things that are, are good in the world. <laughs> So today we're going to talk about nostalgia. For my entire adult life, I've referred to myself as a nostalgia junkie. And then sometimes I'm like, maybe I'm not supposed to say that. Are you not supposed to say junkie? Is that, oh, do you know how? Like, there's, no. a, there's a whole list of words you're not supposed to say, but this is not one of those places where you're not supposed to say it. Okay, cool. Well, I'm a nostalgia junkie. I could just drown in nostalgia. All, like yeah. it, it is, It's a dangerous and slippery slope. But yes. it's one of the things that Stacy and I have in common. Mm-hmm. And we've talked a lot on this podcast about not enjoying playing with our kids, as you may know by now, if you've listened to any of our episodes. It comes up but, frequently. Yeah, but we've had a lot of feedback from people and then it comes up and we realize that there are caveats to that. And Beth Gatza, a previous guest on our show, said once that, you know, she gets the whole not enjoying playing with your kids, but she enjoys playing with her kids because she chooses the play. And it was such a brilliant yet simple point. And we think that as nostalgia goes, when we can kind of incorporate our childhoods into our children's childhoods, it makes it a lot more fun for us. Totally. We have all of these old toys from when my brother and I were little that we've kept, even though our kids are 10 and 15, because we have all these toddlers in the neighborhood, all these little boys. So one of the things that makes me so happy is seeing these little neighborhood kids playing with my brother's old Tonka truck and his fire truck. And even watching these kids, I'm like, see, the 1980s toys are so much better than this crap that, do you know what I mean? It's like, oh, these are high quality trucks, friends. Like I look at the 80s toys and I'm like, oh, 
transported. My parents still have a ton of my old toys from the 80s, um, like the Fisher Price uh, cash register mm -hmm. and the little people. And I've never liked imaginative play, but one of the few things that will actually get me going is like oh, 1980s toys. Oh my gosh, yes, they transport me. But we're, we're not gonna talk about playing with toys and doing voices and cars. We're gonna talk about like, the music and the movies and you know for me it's like 80s 90s right because yeah. like I was a little kid in the 80s but the 90s that's when I kind of came into my own so we have sort of a bias towards towards 1990s and some 80s nostalgia that's what we're talking about like yeah. movies music Books. And, and, and values and differences in culture you values. know if you mm -hmm. didn't listen to our Barb and Suzanne episode I, I maybe that's what started these wheels turning like as we listen to them talk about what it was like raising kids in the 80s and just the freedom and the independence and the see you at dinner and the riding your bikes to the grocery store and all this stuff that our kids don't have like it, it did make us think about some of those values that we grew up with that mm -hmm. we just don't get a choice anymore it's just sort of off the table and I too like stuff I'm a nostalgia junkie more for the 90s but I I think I, I, I've been thinking about why it is that it makes me so happy. And maybe it's the most obvious answer in the world. I think a lot of us have been kind of um, taking in things from our past during the last few years when we are sad and angry and depressed because it it brings back this this time in our lives where everything was really simple most likely because we were children but sure. also because the times were simpler because it was a simpler time it was a simpler like, time and i feel like this quote which is a 90s quote, it's a um, great quote. <laughs> perfectly sums up why nostalgia why going back to our past feels good is because it gives us control in a world full of chaos Anybody? Do you guys know where that quote is from? Well, the ninth caller. Oh, wait. This is a <laughs> podcast. Go ahead. Tell him. Clueless. My favorite movie of all time. Yes. <laughs> Here's the main thrill in a life as a makeover. It gives her a sense of control in a world full of chaos. In a world full of chaos. Yeah. My, my teenager loves the movie Clueless and... Um, she frequently quotes it and references it and has to explain it to her sister who's I think I don't know like what's a good age for what's a good age for Clueless I'm not even close know. you're not there so, you're not even close if it's my girls listen to the Clueless soundtrack and I have it on vinyl too <gasps> okay that is like really impressive except for we, we we skip over rolling with my homies you do we do <laughs> <laughs> I feel like if you played that for them, they would really love it. Yeah, they have no have no idea. Okay. okay, fair enough. So my kids are of the age where they can start watching this stuff. And I think it's interesting that you referenced the pandemic because I'm not kidding. The first week of lockdown, back when it was still like sort of this fun little quaint break from reality, like we're having an extended like living room sleepover. This is so cool. The first thing we did was we just started watching 1990s movies. I don't know why. I think I think we started with Kindergarten Cop, which like yes. it's just it's so bad. But I'm like, I need my children to understand these quotes that I say all the time. You know, yes. and not not just the obvious, it's not a tumor, but like my brother and I maybe our could be our best or our worst quality depending on who we're eating dinner with. We could just go for hours on all these. And I'm talking about the movies that we used to record on the television, on the VCR while we were watching them. Like when we watched Kindergarten Cop, 
it was like edited for television, right? So like the bad words were bleeped out. So when she's like, let me go, you son of a bitch. It's like stupid jerk. So I decided my kids needed to watch it. And like every time I make this decision, whatever 1990s movie it is, I'm like, okay, you guys, it's time. I'm always like, oh shit, what have I done? Once we get started, I'm like, oh, this is so inappropriate. Like this is, this is off color. This is sexist. This is racist. This is inappropriate. Like so many things wrong. There are so, yes, I totally agree. (laughs) And there are some that I can remember. I'm like, okay, yeah, this is just like straight up making assault into entertainment. So no, we're not going to do that one at all. But even when you mentioned Home Alone, I remember watching it for the first time with my kids and it was just like, Everyone is so mean to each other at the beginning, you know, like, look what you did, you little jerk. And this sucks and that sucks. And I was like, Kevin, oh. you're what the French call les incompetents. <laughs> See, but, but we, you know, we got over that. Even, even the Charlie Brown movies, though, I remember when Izzy watched them when she was a toddler. I'm like, oh my God, these guys are so mean, you know? And like, we did not allow, quote, grumpy talk back in those days. It wasn't mm-hmm. like it was profanity, but it was like, calling people names. I'm like, oh my God, the Peanuts characters, they're always calling people names. Home Alone, the name calling and the meanness, but I digress. I think my point is, I still love watching the 80s and 90s movies with my kids. And as a bonus, we get to talk about all of the culturally insensitive and inappropriate things that we observe. Um, Oh my God, one of them, we watched Beetlejuice and my daughter was like, did he just kiss her without consent? And I was like, oh, wow. Thank you for noticing that. Yes. Yes, he did. Um, you that's, know, that's like a, actually a small one. Like I, the fact that she noticed that is actually really impressive because it's I not a, it's sad not about a, the inappropriateness in so many 80s and 90s movies that I am just realizing now because maybe I haven't watched it in a while, but I'm also watching it through the lens of my children. And, and we're we're going back to like more Disney movies right now, right? Yes. So I had them watch Aristocats and I was oh really God, excited about it. it because they love cats. And I remember that movie. Great. Oh my God. Is it, is it, it is terrible? So racist. Okay. See, I haven't watched it in years. Terrible. That's it's what we felt with terrible. Peter Pan. We had to turn Peter Pan off. I was like, yeah, I, there was, was nothing that we can redeem in this yeah. movie. It's no. not like, oh guys, I don't really love how this princess feels like she has to have a, no, I was just like, oh my God, uh, we're turning this off. Like this is beyond salvageable. The Aristocats is racist too. Shit, I haven't yeah, watched it, it in I mean, decades. The cat, the Siamese cats. and Oh, sure. Yeah. Okay, mm-hmm. yeah. But you don't uh, remember this, which really only goes to show how with all of our glorification of the 90s and the 80s, yes, we also were marinating in some truly toxic stuff. So true, and now we're all working on it. And now we're all working on it, which is why it's a great conversation starter. Like, wow, girls, um, how did you feel when you saw the way they portrayed this character? And um, Disney has started this disclaimer that they put, Mm -hmm, uh, like Swiss Family Robinson, and that's like a nineteen, like early sixties. Like that's not even eighties or nineties, but um, you know the the natives who attack them. So at the beginning of that movie, there's this like disclaimer on the screen that's like it wasn't okay then it's not okay now right um yeah i guess we're diving into this territory now because i, I was like let's talk about the fun stuff the i know i know i didn't mean now, to no i i think i did it because i'm the one watching these things with my kids and being like oh oh god but you know um 
then it's like, hey, girls, this is how mommy grew up. <laughs> Can you imagine how terrible it would be to like see these messages bombarding you all the time? So, right. you know, we're learning. Um, but no, okay, let, let me, we better go back to the list for something I, that's a I'm little gonna, more wholesome. Yeah. yeah. So I, I do want to give a little tip to you. So uh, I think that it's important to note that I think it gets easier to bring our past to our children, the older our kids get, like where stuff mm -hmm. is with her children, because she can watch the movies that kind of shaped her and the music. My kids are still really young, but there are ways. And one of my best tips, I love, love, love the book series called Pop Classics. Write that down, Pop Classic. <laughs> Basically, some author and publisher got together and they recap uh, 80s and 90s movies or TV show for a children's perspective. And they're awesome. They're so good. So they, they've got, I'm going to read off a list. There's a clueless one. Thank God. Uh, there's an office one, the office home alone, X files, back X -Files. to the future. Mm -hmm. back to, the X files is, is actually really well done. It's not too creepy somehow. And then, um, back to the future is Charlie's favorite. I don't know why she Which, loves the DeLorean. Okay. And it. let me, let me pause you because do not allow her to watch that movie. My daughter <laughs> watched it when she was 13 because her teacher was like, this movie is so great. And I'm like, no, 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 no. Don't watch it. Stick with the book. Okay. Carry on. Okay. And we've got their elf, which is not 90s. That's early 2000s, but still. Um, Ferris Bueller's Day Off. No. Nah. Uh, Buffy, yeah. Buffy the Vampire Slayer. E.T. Goonies, the Karate Kid. Uh, okay. I am in shock. You're welcome. I'm telling you, go get we it should, right now. Right. Go, we go should have an, aff an affiliate link. I never, I guess it's because my kids are old. This is not, you, on, yeah, you wouldn't, not this on my radar. Newer. It's newer. Is it new? And, is it and, and it's so well done. You know, they, they make them. Really? Um, they make them children if they're not children already. So in Buffy, it's a, ch it, it's a, it's a kid version of Buffy and just stop. Yeah, it's great. And there, and, and so she, like every single one of them, she's loved. I haven't gone through all of them yet, but, and then we did watch home alone this Christmas for the first time. And she, and I had her read pop classics first. So she knew uh -huh. what it was about. And I wasn't sure if four was too young for home alone, but she loved it. And I felt like it was like a turning point for us. I'm like, okay, it's on. Yeah, that's like you, home alone. It gets to be a really fun stage. I was like, I waited so long to watch The Princess Bride with my kids and Labyrinth. Like, those were two of my favorite movies. And it just, it lit me up. And I think when we talk about the kind of play that makes us groan or want to jump out a window, this is the stuff where it's like, oh my gosh, I've been waiting to share this with you. Like, I'm so excited. This is family movie night and you are finally going to learn some of mommy's favorite movie quotes, watching your old favorites with them. It's like, welcome to the club, right? Yes. Yes. It's the club where your kids sort of know you as a person. It, mm -hmm. it feels so good. And I guess right now it's all very relevant because the 90s are like really back, right? Yeah. So everybody's wearing clueless shirts and friend shirts. And and it's kind yep. of strange. I and see like baby onesies with friends on them. <laughs> I'm just like, yep. this no. is so strange, but I, I'm, I'm not mad. I'm not mad either because I actually spent most of Izzy's toddlerhood like praying for a return to the 90s fashion. I was like, these low-rise jeans must go, please. I mean, when mom jeans became a thing that was popular, I was like, oh, all of my prayers have been answered and and the flannels and no, I love them. I just got my first pair of flares in like 10 years and I love them. I love them so much. Oh my gosh. See, this is so exciting. So a friend once told me that you never watch the same thing twice. 
because you're in a different stage of life every time you watch it, right? So for me, the first movie I think about is Grease. I loved Grease when I was a kid. I was like notorious for sleepovers, birthday party sleepovers. And we would watch Grease every time and we would do all the dances. I knew all the songs. I was obsessed with Grease. And there was one time where a kid, a, a girl came to my sleepover party and her mom knew, like was told or somehow found out we we're going to watch Grease and told my mom that her daughter wasn't allowed to watch Grease. And I was so confused. I was like, why? It's a great movie with music. What's wrong with Grease, right? And then I watched it in my 20s and I was like, oh that's what's wrong with Greece what the fuck yeah no really there's a lot that's wrong with Greece and it was the sleepover movie like what is that I had no idea no I had idea no idea the, until the back I was of the adult. car scene I had no idea I was like what something broke what broke huh what indeed mm -hmm. and then and then I think I I think I I did understand she was pregnant but I was like that's great she's having a baby <laughs> <laughs> Wonderful. It, for me it was dirty dancing penny got knocked up by robbie the creep the, knocked up what does that mean and like there was like a, an operation that went wrong i i had no clue and i mean it does it does pose the argument of like ah, little brains can't comprehend it you know later in life they'll put the pieces together i had no idea about greece um, or Dirty Dancing, or probably a whole lot of other movies that I so that many. I watched many, many times. So, yeah. There's so many. And that is a really good point because I get so worried about certain things. And, you know, they can only understand so much at this mm -hmm. point in their lives. But at the same time, I do feel like kids are growing up faster and mm -hmm. I still don't trust it. Like, I don't know if I would let my daughter watched Grease at the age that I was watching Grease. No. And like I said, there are some movies where I'm just like, you know what? We're not going to watch this at all. It just does not have enough redeeming qualities to make up for everything that is like seriously wrong with it. And TV shows are a little bit like that too. I mean, even Friends, um, like the Monica wearing a fat suit and like Monica being fat and all the fat jokes and like, oh, and that was really off-putting to my teenager when she started watching Friends. She finished it and she was like, oh, yeah, okay, fine. I kind of loved it. But she's like, yeah, there's a, there's a lot wrong with Friends. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, eh. And even that, that was like, what, mid to late 90s? Yeah. I mean, yeah. there was, there can, like, into the early 2000s. I it mean, wasn't the early 2000s. Season 10 was definitely 2000-something. Yeah. So, no, I mean, again, we've come a long way, right? But Yeah. Um, and this is, I don't know if this is relevant, but I have to say it. So, I have a whole, a whole bunch of DVDs from like my favorite shows when I was younger that my mom gifted me um, for mm. like a Christmas a few years back because she knew how much I love nostalgia. So she got me Rugrats DVD set, Boy Meets World, uh, Felicity, and uh, I can't remember the other one right now. But anyways, the point is Charlie found my Rugrats DVDs and she's like, I want to watch this. I'm like, well, yeah, that's a great idea. I love Rugrats. And we watched it and I saw it totally differently because yeah. the way they painted the parents is that they're total idiots. Every parent, every parental figure, grandparent yeah. is an idiot. Like it's like the yep. kids can get away with anything. And the whole point is that, that, that adults have no idea what they're doing. And 
I mean, I still enjoyed watching it with her. I thought it was fun. My husband was like, I can't take this. This is right? terrible. Basically, it's teaching her that you're that we are idiots, but that the parents know have no idea what they're doing and that kids are brilliant. <laughs> He's like, I, I I just can't have I can't do this anymore. She shouldn't be watching this. That is and I so never funny. in a million years would have thought rugrats like we should take right? that away from my kid. I'm still not sure about that because I think I still kind of enjoy watching it, but still like. This, may, this I, some of this the modern stuff is bad like i remember when izzy was little we had this thing that we would call tv attitude oh you can use this if she starts to be jerky because of rugrats you can be like mm, that sounds like you're talking to mommy with tv attitude and when we have children who have tv attitude need to take a break from tv so when she would start doing her like sassy i'm like a hannah montana character sitcom person we'd be like mm. TV attitude. Looks like you need a break from TV. Everybody, that's, you're welcome. That's that's what I'm bringing to the table. Stacy has those I'm, cool books, and I'm telling you guys about TV attitude. I am taking notes. I like that one. TV attitude. Yep. TV attitude. I have this whole like mission to what I call take back the radio. When Charlie was really young, you know, so a cultural difference now than from the 90s is that we have everything on demand, right? So at one and a half, Charlie understood that whatever song she wanted to play, I could find on my Spotify and then play it on the speaker in the house or play it in the car, right? So she she knows that she can ask for, you know, insert childhood song here that drives me nuts. Uh, Baby Shark, for example, over and over and over oh, again. God. And me being the mom who just wanted to please all the time was like, yeah, sure. Let's listen to Baby Shark again. And then it hit me that I had lost my radio and I didn't have any of my own music anymore. So I think when Maggie was born, I made a, a effort to focus on the music that I love and make them love it too. So now we are regular listeners of Spice Girls and Beyonce and NSYNC. <laughs> when, <laughs> they love when, Hanson. <laughs> oh my God. Pretty Spears, um, Mariah Carey. And then from my way past, because my dad's from Barbados and I grew up listening to a lot of reggae music, uh, Bob Marley, Jimmy Cliff. Yes. Um, and the cool thing is we have my parents' record collection and they gave us their record player as well. And so we have that whole thing set up in the living room and it's kind of on display for like decoration as well. But the kids know that if we put on a record, it's like family dance party. And like when it's a record, they're not requested like, well, she, she can request, but it can't be anything. Right. So she'll specifically say, mom, let's play Bowie. And I'm like, yeah, Bowie. <laughs> and oh. we put that on or we put Marley on or whatever, you know, and it's, God, it feels good. I love it. And it brings me back, brings me right back because that's yeah. something that I did with my parents when I was a kid is they would play records, of course, because that actually was appropriate for the time. <laughs> One of my first memories actually was in the basement of my childhood home wearing my fuzzy footed pajamas, mm -hmm. standing on my dad's feet and yes, dancing. I was going to say that too. I dancing to the Beach Boys. Like yes. the, Beach, the Beach Boys is, is the soundtrack of my childhood. And, um, we passed that on to my kids as well, because like, it's funny, the Beach Boys was not my childhood. It was my parents, right? Or they're like young, you know, teenage, young adult, whatever. But it became my childhood. And so I wanted my kids to love it too. And so when my girls started talking, like they could identify 
the Beach Boys and they would be like, oh, Papa's favorite, Beach Boys, Papa's favorite. I was like, oh, oh I'm, so I'm, I'm winning. Yeah. But yeah. when she was a kid, I think because I'm a music teacher, I had no tolerance for kid music in the car. We never played kid music in the car. So when she was two, like she was singing along to Outkast and Alicia Keys and, um, you know, I just, I couldn't, I couldn't handle the kid songs in the car, but I, I, I don't know. Imagine. Yeah, no. How many times you have to listen and sing that stuff? Right. Especially when I started making CDs and I would be like, mommy cannot listen to her own voice in this car anymore. I'm turning baby beluga off. Our kids know all the words to so many 80s songs. Like it makes me proud and not just because I'm a music therapist, just again with the common ground. And that is one thing that I can introduce to my kids at this age and younger. Yes. And I love it. You know, what I almost love as much as watching the movies and listening to the music is is the books from my childhood. And that was another one. We could start that a little bit sooner, right? Because my mom would always read to me at night from chapter books. And I, I started doing this with my kids when they were, I don't know, in early grade school. And we read, you know, The Secret Garden, um, the one that really got me was from the mixed up files of Mrs. Basil E. Frankweiler, because that's what I remembered as being like the most captivating, magical, wonderful book. And to read it with my kids, like some of those moments don't disappoint. You know how we always get those expectations of like, they're going to love this. Um, and then it's like, want, want. The reading the books with them, that didn't disappoint. Like That's Mr. So Popper's Penguins, I read that when I was your age. And A Wrinkle in Time it was just, it was beautiful. That's one of my favorite, favorite things is sharing books that I read with them. So are you sitting down with them like all in one night or is it like you, you split up the chapters? No, like a chapter every night. I mean, you know, when they're little, you read like Runaway Bunny, which, oh my God, by the way, is like a terrible, terrible book. It's so upsetting. But um. You'd read like, or Goodnight Moon or whatever. They get older and it's like, okay, we've got a chapter book. So it's, Izzy and I would call it book club. It's book club and we'd read one chapter of our book and then go to bed. And so it would take us, you know, months to finish. I mean, I had these pie in the sky, like these are my favorite books and I could not wait to read them with my kids. And I love that. I that hope totally you inspires me to like write a list of the books that I would do want it. to do that with. So my, my mom is from England. So I had a lot of British influence in terms mm. of my childhood, but especially in the books. So my grandpa would send books from England to me, um, like Paddington and Naughty. <gasps> and that's super familiar to me. And I knew they were from England. I knew how special they were to my mom as well. And that felt special. Yeah. Um, and then uh, Berenstein Bears, of course, well, oh where the gosh. wild things are. Everybody loves Junie yes. B. Jones, which is a chapter book. And I've tried with Charlie. I think we're almost there. I yeah, try like again. Kindergarten, I love first grade, Jones maybe. And Amelia Bedelia, which they've Amelia made Bedelia. for like a younger audience now. They have Amelia Bedelia as a kid. I don't love it, but like, no. I, let's know. keep Amelia Bedelia know, as she as was. She if it's not broken. And it's so disappointing because when I read the first Amelia Bedelia's to her, she liked them. But then once she knew that there was a newer version, she's like, I don't want this anymore. I want the new one. I'm like, but this isn't right. good. So the Babysitter's Club series it's a TV series now. I read all of the books. I have all the books. Like we have them in my basement. Yes. The originals. So there are two TV series, just 
just to be quick, I'm sorry. There's, I'm sorry. there's a, there's a, there was a TV series when I was a kid in the nineties, I would rent them from blockbuster. I remember them right. very well. It was a TV series. I don't know where it aired or if it was just on D on VHS, but yes, you could do that. They remade babysitters club in 2020 or yes. something like that. I tried to give it a chance and I just felt like I was, I felt like <laughs> I felt really old and that they well, were trying to make fun of it. And it bothered me. <laughs> Oh, did you really? Okay, well, I see. I watched it with Sophie was, I don't know, eight or nine when we started it. Like, we're obsessed. We love it. And as really? the modern things do, they fix some of the problems from, that's do you true. know what I mean? Like, that's true. There's like a the, little bit more inclusivity and there's more diversity and yes, there are more, like, for sure. but, um, I'm, I, uh, okay. I must have been just old enough that, like, by the time whatever series I like, I would have been a teenager, maybe. I, but like, the, I don't think there was anything wrong with the original series. The books, I mean, like, I loved the books. I Sweet Valley, I mean, I Sweet I Valley Twins that. and High, that would be a problem. I do not yeah. think that those would translate well into our culture. Yeah, I could see that. I could see that. But I still have those books. <laughs> well, that, and that's what I was going to say is that. It's so cool when you can actually, like if your parents save those those books for you and you read the, the exact books that were read to you as a child and there's like an inscription in it that says, yeah. you know, from grandma 1991 it's, or something right. like that. Garfield book plate that says Stephanie Smith, age eight. Oh, the Shel Silverstein books. I used to memorize those poems, A Light in the Attic and Where the Sidewalk Ends. I would recite them obnoxiously. Sorry to any of my relatives who had to endure that. That sounds like something really... little Stephanie might do. Yes, <laughs> little Stephanie did do that. It was it was annoying. Um, But no, there's nothing like it opening up the actual same book that you had oh, as a child like so now everything's very advanced and it's really easy to customize things right there's all these books that you can buy off of a Facebook ad where you can put your own name in it and right. whatnot well back in the 90s I feel like that was very very like advanced and my mom I guess did some sort of mail-in order with like these Minnie Mouse books where you could have your your name put in and they like they make up a story for you, quote unquote. It's the I same story, too. I'm sure, and they just yep. change it. But mm -hmm. I have like four books with my name in them. And it's like Stacy Clark and Charlie knows from my from those books what mom's name is because right. Stacy's in it. And then you can put your best friend in it. So it's like Stacy and Aaron went to the beach and like I uh, had one too. My mom so did. It was, it was me and my little friend, John. And like, that was the eighties. So that must've been like, right. It was the first Cutting customizable edge. book ever. Cause yeah. 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 Um, okay. All right. So we've done, we've done movies, we've done books, we've done music. Let's talk about life a little bit. Yes. The life lessons. And for me, when I was like an actual kid, it was the eighties. So, um, close to 10 years ago, I, I came up with this concept. Well, now you, you can read articles about them all the time. How to have a 1980s summer. I, I think I must have written the very first article about how to give your kids a 1980s summer because I just came up with it on the fly when all these other like cool organized PTA moms were talking about all the summer camps and, and you know, sleepaways and, and golf clinics and this and that. And what are you doing this summer? And I was like, uh... We're gonna have a 1980s summer. Gonna get dirty, take a lot of walks, pick up some rocks, go to the swimming pool, watch TV, <laughs> lay around and play. And it was sort of my like, 
oh shit, nobody told me I was supposed to be booking summer camps in January. So like I did not get the memo. I didn't do anything. And then as it turned out, it was like the best summer we ever had. And we've never done anything. We've never done anything really structured since. Like the kids have had some summer activities, but we aim for just like imaginations running wild, unscheduled, unstructured, the opposite of of what we live in right now. And yeah. that's that's the value of the 80s that I miss the most and that I mourn the most that my children haven't had, this like freedom and space. And so every summer we're just like, oh, mass, like I can feel my body relax just thinking about it, like massive exhale. We just get to do what we want to do and they need it and I need it. And we're never gonna be able to live in a world where our kids just run around until dinner time and ride their bikes who knows where and you don't know what house they're at and there's no way to know we don't live in that world but i feel like if i can give them a tiny dose of what it was like to grow up when i grew up that that's the 1980s summer for me i love that they must appreciate that so much maybe I think more they than do. they know yeah i think they do but i feel like our, our kids you know teenagers specifically like they probably crave that they don't maybe don't acknowledge that they crave or need it but they they totally must, they must, mm-hmm. they absolutely must. Cause it's just from day one, I was just talking to my neighbor the other day about sports and how it's just gotten more intense as we've gotten older sports and, and activities in general. It's like, yeah. no, you don't just do um, volleyball during the volleyball season. You have to do club and you have to do the summer camp and, you know, and then, or you do three sports. So you're constantly moving and then you're also doing music on the side, you know, it's just, it's just nonstop. And I was super involved when I was a kid, but it's, it's more intense than it ever was. And I just feel like kids are not getting a chance to be a kid anymore. I agree. And again, it's not like I didn't do anything. I took piano lessons. I played the saxophone. I took voice lessons in, in high school. Like we, we, I was in Girl Scouts. We did stuff, but I think it's like you said, it just feels different. It feels different now. And um, like competitive seasons and travel teams and just things are, I don't know. It, it felt like you could really dabble in a lot of different things. And now it's like you can, but you're going to be like totally stressed out if, mm-hmm. if you, you know, oh, and you need to learn to speak Spanish and you should do some service projects. And right. um, you should be working on your resume by the time you're a sophomore in high school. Well, and I, let me tell you, I am like trying really hard to counteract her desire to like be thinking about college and her career and dotted. I'm like, God, you're 15, you know, um, take the pressure off a little, you know, just be like our, our lives have changed so much, but the, the biology of, of a teenager and of children is still the same. Like Mm -hmm. they're still kids, um, living in this world that is, um, too much sometimes, well, you've inspired me ever since you told me about the 1980s summer, which I hadn't heard before you told me oh, about it. Oh, that's good. I swear, I swear the first time I wrote an article about it, then every year it's like 1980s summer, 1970s summer, 1990s mm-hmm. summer. But I think the gist is the same. Like, oh my yeah. God, can we just chill out, please? Right. Can we just, can we just be? And I, I took that to heart because this summer I'm going to have Charlie home three days a week. Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and it'll be the last summer before Maggie goes to preschool. Good. And I, I had all of, you know, different Charlie's mom, friends, moms telling me I've signed up for this camp and this camp and that camp. And I was kind of feeling pressure to do the same. And I'm just like, ah, she's gonna, she's about to go. And she's, she's right before the beginning of 
you know, the rest of her life, essentially, like kindergarten is the beginning. Like I remember going into kindergarten and it's a really big deal. And I feel right. like it would be nice to have this last summer for her to be like as much of a kid, like young kid as she could possibly be where every Friday we wake up and say, you want to go to the water park today? Want to go to the yeah. pool today? Want to go to the playground today? And it's spontaneous and we just do whatever feels right. Yeah. So that's what we're doing. Thanks to you. Well, and I would also add, though, like, keep camps and child cares in there to give yourself a break, mamas, right? <laughs> like, sure. not because sure. you're trying to stimulate your kid and make them well-rounded and perfect and constantly stimulated, but, like, use those camps so you can get a break. I am not advocating for keeping the kids home all the time. That's I still lot. have my daughter in yeah. four no, days. You, no, yeah, yeah. Okay, good, good. Just, yeah, no. Just a little bit. <laughs> Lest I misrepresent myself. No, my kids definitely still, when they were toddlers and in preschool, still did some camps. Right. Which was basically childcare. Just right, childcare, mommy time. With the fancy title, mommy time. Yes, keep the mommy time. So my dad uh, was here recently, and we were talking about uh, back in the day when we purchased our first encyclopedia set and it was a really big deal. We went to the Chicago auto show, which we did every year. And there was a booth, um, from uh, encyclopedia Britannica. And my dad's like, yeah, I think it's time for us to have an encyclopedia set. And it was, it was a really, I just remember it being a really big deal. And then they delivered it to us and we had a whole shelf set up for it. And anytime my dad asked, or anytime I asked a question about anything, it was, I don't know, Stacey, look it up. And I have to go and, you know, find, you know, the word and, um, in alphabetical order and figure out if I'm asking about frogs I look up frogs and then I read the whole entry and it got me thinking about how different it is now because obviously if you don't know it you google, google it, it. Yep. <laughs> and oh. that's great and I'm not complaining about it it's fantastic I just I feel like talking about that with my dad kind of sparked some ideas in my head of how I can incorporate less googling and more yeah. figuring it out you know um, with our, yes. with my kids and, um, and less like, so if I'm trying to explain something to them, I tend to YouTube it like, Oh, here, let me just show you. So I, the other day I was actually trying to explain, skip it to Charlie. So do you guys remember skip it, skip it, skip it. And like you, you put it on your, you put one ring on your, around your ankle and then the other one you jump over. With oh one yeah. Foot. That, yeah. Yeah. And I, I, I saw it. I think you can buy it now, of course, because 90s. And I was trying to explain it to her. I was like, I'll just YouTube it, you know, and I'll show it to you that way. And I just feel like wouldn't it have been more impactful if I just like acted just it, it out for her, you know, and talked about it and painted a picture in her head rather than immediately going to YouTube, which then, of course, led her to say, oh, look, there's a troll's music video we should watch that and then and then you're doing and you're in the rabbit hole yeah so it's just you know I'm not bagging I know I'm I do it everybody does it I'm just trying to think how I can incorporate more of those do it yourself figure it out yourself values into my children's childhood and into my life too you know even like something like google maps I have the worst sense of direction and every once in a while I purposely don't do it so that I'm like no you 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 know this you don't need this computer to tell you do do you know what I do my favorite game and I know that I'm not alone because I see lots of memes about uh watching a tv show with my husband where I'm on my phone the whole time trying to figure out what other shows this guy was in and what shows that where have we seen this person before 
Like I used to love it when I would just like think and be like, oh, that's right. They were on coach, you know, or, yes. and now I'm just like IMDB. Oh yeah. This and this episode of that and this episode of that. And you know, like maybe just think, think for a minute, try to remember. I mean, yeah, but there really won't ever be anything like the specialness of those encyclopedias on your shelf. No. Like, yeah. My dad was so pissed. He got like no money for right no I, I no, no there is no they're not even a collector's item mm -mm. no mm -hmm. well I feel like speaking of rabbit holes I I could drown in nostalgia we could just talk and talk and talk about what we loved about growing up when we grew up and how we incorporate nostalgia into our lives with our kids but I feel like maybe to end this here's something interesting like I'm sure our kids We'll look back on their childhoods right now with nostalgia, mm -hmm. right? And it makes me wonder, what are the things about growing up right now that are going to be those, the special things that they think are so much greater than whatever's to come 20 or 30 years from now, you know? Right. We don't know yet. We will have no idea. It won't be the same things that we value. Right. Well, thank you. Thank you so much for joining us down this trip, trip down memory lane. It's been fabulous. I feel like for me, it's like wrapping up in a warm blanket and everything's going to be okay. <laughs> right? It's you know? Cher said it best. I mean, yep. right? Mm -hmm. Giving us some control. In a world full of world chaos. full of chaos. Yeah. So. All right, Steph. Well, we would love to hear from you. Mm -hmm. So email us, drop a comment on Instagram, what your favorite nostalgic things are, movies, songs, books, memories. We love it. We would love to hear from you. And don't forget about that permission slip, guys. That is available for free. You, you just have to go to motherplusser.com forward slash permission hyphen slip. Again, it's in the show notes. So thank you guys so much for listening. We'll we see, you see you next time. time. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Mother Plus Podcast. We cannot believe how many people out there are listening and loving our message. It's honestly a total, it's a dream come true for me and Steph. And we are just so grateful for all of you and for your views and comments and emails. And we wanted to make something for you to thank you and keep the momentum going. It's called the permission slip, as in you have permission to pursue acting. You have permission to pursue writing. You have permission to pursue hot air ballooning if that's your thing. This guide is to help you find the other side of your plus. In it, we will help you dive into who you were before you became a mom and in turn, plan out the woman you want to become now that you are. It's so good, guys. We spent so much time on this. It's got everything you need to know to get your wheels turning. And most importantly, it also gives you practical steps you need to take to actually pursue your passions, even if you still have kids in diapers. All of this is available to you for free. You just have to visit motherplusser.com forward slash permission hyphen slip. That's motherplusser.com forward slash permission hyphen slip to download it. We hope that just by taking this one little step for yourself, it will put you on the path to find the thing that lights you up again. Go get it, Mother Plusers. We'll see you next time.